All right, guys, welcome to the Self Love Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Toppings. And if you have not done so already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast episode again. Um, So this week, before I introduce my special guest, I do want you guys, we'll do the repeat after me, but we're going to do things in a little different. So you're going to repeat I am on the inhale and the rest of the affirmation on the exhale. And then if you can inhale for a count of four and exhale for a count of four to eight. Now I'll try not to read them as fast, but you can always go back and re-listen. And also um, I encourage you to take notes as well. Maybe you can always have these on hand and you know make it a habit to repeat these on a daily basis or a few times a week to yourself. So here we go. Repeat after me. I am stopping. I am breathing. I am balancing. I am this breath. I am this moment. I am this life. I am alive. I am supported. I am okay. I am releasing resistance. I am calming my system. I am loving every cell. I'm absorbing love. I'm aligning my energy. I am renewed. I am powerful. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. All right, you guys, for this week, I have with me author, founder of Empowered Eating Method. She is an intuitive eating health and mindset coach and with an anti-diet mentality, co-founder of the Boss Ladies MKE, Justine Moore Sloan. Welcome to the Self Love Effect podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Tazra. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So you have your book coming out October 19th. They can also pre-order online, but your book is called Someone I Love Lives Here. Now, can you elaborate on why that title is so significant and so special to you and kind of give us a rundown on your self-love journey? Mm. Yeah. So the title actually came from when I was doing a a speaking engagement. I was speaking to a couple hundred women two years ago and I was telling them about my journey and really my journey, my self-love journey and my journey with food and body. Um, for many, many years, I was not taking care of myself. I was not respecting myself. I was not loving myself. And So for me, really the turning point in my journey was when I was able to learn to love and respect myself in a way that says someone I love lives here. And I think, you know, besides the food and body piece, I think this shows up so often in our lives, like even the way we talk to ourselves, being super critical or, you know, really harsh with ourselves if we make mistakes or, you know, don't do things perfectly. I think we have a tendency to be Um, our own worst critic oftentimes until we do the work to shift that. So again, it's something I remind clients and just loved ones, anyone I'm talking to frequently, you know, it's like, how would you talk to your child or your partner or a best friend or even your pet, you know, like how would you talk to someone you love? And we should be extending that same love and respect to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And before we started recording, I had mentioned to you that we have never had someone on the podcast that actually has a background in the fitness industry, a thriving background. You know, you had over 2 million followers on your Facebook page. You've been in fitness competitions. Um, You were endorsed by brands, ads, and magazines. But the one thing that really made that shift for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she needs to be on the podcast was that you were miserable. You stated, and that is something that is hard for so many people to hear or accept because we have this 
perceived notion going through social media that these fitness influencers, these fitness models have the perfect life, that they they aren't miserable, that you know, that nothing gets in their way. There's no negative thought process within themselves. So um, how did that change for you? How did you go from, this is me, I'm miserable, and really in a sense, being awakened to who you are now and loving who you are, eating whatever you want, enjoying your life and really living it to its full potential? Mm, yeah, so... I, I don't know that I would have stepped away because of my happiness. Like I was so unhappy, miserable is seriously like an understatement. <laughs> um, even when I look back on those years and when I was doing the work to write those parts of the book, it was really hard for me because I feel so far from it, thankfully. But, you know, it was a really dark time in my life and I was not in a good place. My anxiety was just through the roof and every day seriously was <laughs> miserable and I don't know that I would have pulled myself out of my habits, my behaviors, that whole environment I was in if I didn't have to stop. But uh, 2014, I was still competing. I was still on an athlete contract. So I was actually getting paid to do these competitions and I would get paid more, a bonus. I took first, second, third. So there was a tremendous amount of pressure on me to do really well. And I've been doing this for years. I ended up doing 19 fitness competitions over the course of four years. Yeah. And that was the end was uh, 2014. My body really stopped responding. So I was not, I did not look well. And even like my skin, the color in my face, like I just started looking not good. And so I went to my doctor and uh, they ran all the blood work and tested my hormones. And I will never forget that call I got. My doctor said, you have to take a break. And I had severe adrenal fatigue. My thyroid had shut down. My hormones were a mess. Seven years later, there's still a lot going on because of the damage I did while I was in the fitness industry. So um, yeah, at that point I had no choice. I had to take a break. And part of me was devastated and like really freaked out because I had built, you know, this whole career around how I looked and doing these shows. And so part of me was really freaked out. Like, what am I going to do now? This is my paycheck. But I think a deeper, wiser part of me was really relieved because I just couldn't live like that anymore. So that was really a huge turning point and really enabled me to, to step back and look at my life and realize that all parts of it were not feeling good. Like I was not happy and the relationships in my life were not healthy and so yeah, that was when I decided to move out of New York. I'd been living in New York at the time, grew up in Wisconsin. So I decided to move back to Milwaukee by my family. And I never thought I would come back, but um, I really prayed on it. I asked for guidance. And then like one day I just knew that that was what I had to do. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. So I changed my environment. I moved. I stepped away from the fitness industry I was married at the time for a short period of time. I got a divorce. I'm now remarried to my soulmate years later. Um, but at the time that needed to change too. So I basically let my entire life unravel and, you know, it was scary, but I also feel like I didn't really have anything to lose. Cause again, I was just in such a low place that everything kind of needed to change. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We, sometimes most of us, right? We get this wake up call and some of us listen and some of us don't. And that when we don't, it could really be life ending. We can, we can lose everything because we'll no longer exist. Right. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me, you know, you took the wake up call, you transformed your life and now you have open the doors really to other people, allowing other women to understand that food is essentially fuel to your body. That's it. But we have this remarkable attachment, emotional attachment to food that we tend to tell ourselves because of the diet culture, you know, we're constantly discussing the newest diet to lose weight, you know, justifying eating what we want because we haven't eaten all day or, you know, we had an intense workout today. So we deserve to eat this. Um, the never ending cycle of thought, I'll start my diet exercise routine on Monday or tomorrow. 
um, routing our self-worth in my, in, in your weight, your size of your jeans, which always makes me chuckle because <laughs> every company, their clothing size differs tremendously. Nobody is precise. Not everybody is precise. If you go and measure size three with a, you know, a different company, it's totally off. It's not even, so we're over here thinking um, in our heads that we are the problem, that we might've gained weight, that we're not doing enough and we're not enough. Um, you know, then we see advertisement for waist lo weight loss products, diet program, exercise equipment that tells us we're not good enough if we're not pursuing weight loss or not currently thin or muscular, complimenting others on their constant size, shape, and weight loss, comparing our bodies to others, and really just make deriving our worth on if we're thin, then we're good enough. If we're not thin, then obviously we're, something's not working and we need to go back to the drawing board. So you've, so you've built this entire empowered eating method behind this whole logic of you shouldn't hate food because um, food doesn't hate you, um, but also because you were in that position once that you were so, you know, critical of what you ate and what you couldn't eat. And so how has that improved over the years for you? And what kind of insight do you have on that? Because I do want you to elaborate and share about your empowered eating method, because I feel like a lot of women, we still struggle um, tremendously when it comes to eating and feeling okay if we go have the donut or the cheeseburger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so to me, it's all this big, big distraction. And primarily it affects women. And I think it's just this huge distraction that takes up a lot of headspace, a lot of our power, a lot of our energy. And that's what really breaks my heart because it's like, what else could we be doing if we weren't obsessing over food? Whether can I have this? You know, do I have enough calories left in the day? How many calories are in this? What did I have yesterday? Feeling bad, feeling shame, you know, everything you just mentioned, defining ourselves based on our sizes and numbers that no one else can even see, you know, it's like, what does that take away from? What is the cost? And that's our lives and what we're really meant to be doing with our one precious life. So for me, that is why it's truly my mission to share my message and just, you know, really get, get out and, and reach as many women as possible because it is a huge distraction. And for me, um, you know, a lot of times my clients will tell me, 80 to 90% of their thoughts are consumed by what they're eating or how much they can eat. And I believe it because I've been there. I would say absolutely 90% is not an exaggeration. And even 50% or even 30%, again, that is really, you know, heartbreaking to think about how much time we waste with this stuff that really doesn't matter. And I always say eating and taking care of our bodies should be as easy as breathing in air. It should be so natural. It should be, it is, it's our second nature. And as children, we're born intuitive eaters. We don't come into the world with all these crazy mixed messages from diet culture about how much to eat or what's good or bad. You know, children, they eat when they're hungry, they stop when they're full. They don't have all of this, this baggage and all of these messages around how to eat, you know, but we naturally... I always say too, our bodies are designed to thrive and to be healthy and our bodies do so many things all day that are truly miraculous to keep us alive. It's like, why would we ever think that our bodies can't help us eat in a way that's really nourishing and, and really feels good so that we can clear out all of the obsessive thinking and again, get back to really living our lives and focusing on what actually matters. So that's really the inspiration behind empowered eating. And I call it, you know, it's a combination of intuitive eating principles and I call it empowering science where, you know, kind of a basic level of nutrition where I'm like, then we can make whatever decision we want, but we've got these tools in our toolkit. So if we're ever like, wow, I'm feeling really out of balance or I just got back from a vacation and, you know, instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to make up for it or do something crazy or where's a diet. It's like, no, I have all these tools in my toolkit and I know exactly how to get right back into balance. No more drama, no more beating ourselves up. Yeah. So it really, um, it is, it gives you your power back 
And one of the women that did the program this summer was like, it's like nothing. Like people are like, it's so easy. It's like nothing, but it's everything. And that that's how I want it to be. Cause it's like, it shouldn't be that hard. There shouldn't be that much drama yeah. around something we do every day just to survive. Like it should be very natural. And again, if it's not, that is a real problem because it's really costing us so much. Right. Right. I love that you say drama because essentially that's what it is. It's like, you're having a war inside your head for no reason at all, at all. And it, and it, it consumes us. And it's like, you know, being in high school again and then obsessing what the popular girls think of you. And then you're creating all this, your own drama surrounded by food. And like you said, it's keeping you from thriving, from living this life that you don't know if you're going to be gone tomorrow. And then you die with so much regret, you mm -hmm. know? Um, but I do, that was one of my quotes I had pulled from you. Um, and I have it written down right in front of me because I love that you state that it should be as easy as breathing air because it should. And yet it's so difficult. And for women, most importantly, because, you know, we we have all these beauty standards that surround us and that need to be what, you know, of the feminine body looks the ideal feminine body, what it should look like. And it's constantly evolving, constantly changing throughout the years. You have Marilyn Monroe, who was a plus size 12, beautiful. And she had a pooch and no one talked about her. They were just obsessed with how beautiful she was. And now, you know, we come, we're in 2021. And if you have a FUPA, you're not worthy enough. And it's like, we have to remember one thing that these standards are not, they're created by other human beings that will always be unattainable because that's how, you know, someone is at the top creating these intentionally to try to profit on us. And mm -hmm. it's working, it's working every day. And that is the saddest part of it all. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But you, and even just to pop in on that, like even I think about when I was graduating high school, I can remember the magazines, the covers were all Lindsay Lohan and the Olsen twins, Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, and they all had you know, their bones sticking out. And it was this emaciated look that was glamorized. And I wanted to look like that when I was you know, a teenager. I wanted to look like that because that was on the covers of magazines. I can remember even an, we got Us Weekly <laughs> sent to our home. And I can remember they said that Lindsay Lohan would pour water on her food to keep herself from like finishing a meal that like sticks out in my mind. That's the advice I read as a teenager. Again, looking at these images of these women who were starving themselves. And again, like it's interesting to look at how body types, like you mentioned, body types are also like they go in phases and fads and the messaging we get from society and from the media is very, very powerful. So I always feel like it's not our fault that, that we have such a tough time in this or that we find ourselves really struggling with these issues. Unfortunately, over 90% of women do, most of us do, but it's like, once we're aware of it, we don't have to continue to subscribe to this stuff. We can right. literally unfollow, you know, stop consuming things that make us feel unworthy or like our bodies aren't good enough or like we need to completely change to be beautiful because that doesn't have to be what we subscribe to and what we believe right and that's where you know your empowered eating method comes into play because it's teaching women to be mindful to be able to you know point it out when they're having that thought process in their head and you know coming about and like I can't eat this or, you know, did I work out hard enough today? It's just being mindful and really rewiring how society had has made us think that we should, how we should be in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really, it's fascinating to me that we're still having these conversations when we know the problem um, and yet these companies continue to thrive off of, you know, a lot of us who haven't really oh haven't woken up <laughs> i don't even know how else to say that but in the nicest way possible but you know and and so i i appreciate women like you who have used their story to 
guide other women in this path and it could be men too but i say women because you know i feel like well unfortunately we're the target most of the time because oh. uh, we easily buy into this stuff not saying that we're less than but um we're easily convinced that we're not good enough because of the plastic surgery that we see because of and nothing against that because i'm totally for it but the thing is when you're doing it for the wrong reasons to love yourself more when you should already love yourself as you are um mm -hmm. and you know and then do what you want but um kind of stepping aside from diet culture you also talk about how our daily habits shape our lives and you also speak about manifestation can you elaborate on that because i know that you you know you're about the vision boards and all of that and i love it yes yes totally well I think as I decided, I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm unhappy and I want to change. I started getting into the personal development, the inner work, the healing work, and, and really kind of starting to move into spirituality as well. And so in doing those things and just realizing, I can remember I first read The Secret. Do you, do you remember that book? Yeah. Or that yeah, I read it in my early 20s and I kind of played around with it and I saw right away how it was effective. And then that was actually before my years in the fitness industry, but getting into the industry, I used it too. I, the company I was with, I believed for a whole year before that it was like act as if, and I, I always behaved as if I already had that athlete contract. And so I think a little over a year later, it was real. And so I had kind of seen in my life how things really did work out when I put my intention behind it and really got, you know, it's really about believing it and feeling like it's yours now and being in that, that vibration, that emotion. Now that's really the key with manifestation is not just, it's important to know what you want. You can write it down, put it on a vision board, but really it's the feeling that attracts it toward us. And people respond to that too. Our whole environment, again, everything around us responds. I even notice when I'm driving, if I'm in like a funky, weird energy, <laughs> it'll be red light, red light, red light, you know, mm -hmm. like everything happens. And I'm like, of course, like I am bringing this in. And then yes. other times when, you know, you just like you hear a favorite song and then this, I'm like, it's a free cup of coffee or just one thing after another, you can tell, you know, if your energy is drawing the right things or the things you don't want to at any time, I believe. So again, as I started really doing the work to become happier, more fulfilled in my, my life, um, really to love myself, love and accept myself on a deeper level. Not, it's not about what I see in the mirror, although that's a bonus, I believe, but you know, I really had to do the inner work first. And so through doing all of that, again, I learned so much more about psychology and you mentioned rewiring and like, that's so important too. We really, truly, we create our lives based on our beliefs. So again, when I was believing that I was you know, not worthy of love unless I looked perfect. I attracted relationships that reflected that back to me. Yeah. And, you know, I created this whole life around that. And now my life is so different. Same with I, for a very long time, and I write about this a lot in the book too, is um, I believed women were catty. And I'm like, I get along better with guys and, you know, women can't be trusted. Yeah. <laughs> so many of Same. us. Said that. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until I started doing it deeper work to really heal that first heal myself and heal that belief and shift that belief. And now I have, I can't believe how many amazing friendships I have with other women. And it is such a beautiful, fulfilling part of my life, having those, you know, deep connections with other women. But, um, you know, again, it's really on our level of belief. So if there are things in your life that are being reflected back to you, I think it's super important to look at what what is my role in this? Like, how am I attracting this? Whether it's lack or, you know, partners that don't respect us or friendships that are catty and, you know, people who are backstabbing us or gossiping, things like that. It's like, it's so powerful and really empowering to step back and say like, what role do I have in this? And how am I actually, what part of me is attracting this to into my life? And when we can take that kind of radical responsibility, that is so empowering because then we have the power to shift those beliefs and to start to create a new reality. So I could go on and on about this stuff. No, I love it. I love it. No, it's great. It's great to hear about it because I feel like, you know, one of 
previous episodes that we recorded, we had a male author on and he was talking about manifestation in the sense he was saying that, you know, people talk about it so much um, that they tend to think that just because they do a vision board and look at it every day, it's going to work. Well, the key behind it is you have to put in the hard work Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, your thought process has to change. You have to, again, go back and think about those hidden core beliefs that are running the show of your life and getting to the root of the issue of the problem. And lots of times it refers back to either, you know, childhood traumas, you know, maybe you're, uh, you felt like your dad wasn't paying you enough attention and that, you know, correlated to why you don't have, you had relationships where you felt too needy, like you were, you know, you always had to be around your boyfriend. Um, so, but we talk about that and I, I love hearing it because, you know, we only touched on it briefly and he touched about on that, but because, but in a sense, we do need to put in the hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying, um, it's what you're giving off that, that either if you're giving off that positive energy or negative energy, and you can't sit here and say it doesn't work, manifestation doesn't work, or, you know, positive affirmations don't work when you're over here still stuck in the same rut that you've been living for the last 20 plus years. Um, You have to put an effort every single day when your feet hit the floor, you have to be ready to have something positive, be grateful, you know, really just come with one with gratitude and constantly repetition after repetition every day, day in and day out, put in that effort. Um, Because lots of times we just think if we journal and if we do a vision board, then everything's going to come to light one day in our lives in a snap of a finger, it's going to change. But in a sense, you know, there's always a backstory and there's behind where you see the person that puts in the work every day and saying, you know, I'm going to make sure that I do this and I'm grateful for this and looking into the mirror and, you know, doing daily practices to really better their life and better the way they once thought. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes for one of the biggest things in my life is my relationship with my body. And I had to shift my beliefs around that because I was overweight as a kid and I held on to that belief all through my years in the fitness industry. I always believed I had these bad genes and that I always had to work harder than everyone else. I had to be more strict. I had to do more cardio. I totally believed that. And that was totally my reality. (laughs) And that was part of why my experience was so rough. I look back now and I'm like, if I knew what I, what I know today, it would have been very, very different. And I can't say that it would have been perfectly healthy and great, but it would have been extremely different. But so coming out of that, I really had to do a lot of work to start to believe that, no, that's not my story. That was my story when I was a kid, but I do not have to struggle. I don't have bad genes. I don't have a slow metabolism. Even, you know, being diagnosed with my thyroid shutting down, I was not going to take that in and, and use that and just, you know, attach myself to that belief. I was like, no. And I did, I created a whole new story. And I now say that I can eat and drink whatever I want. And I easily maintain where I want to be. I've been saying that for years. Now it's just, I don't even really have to think about it because it is rewired. And I do have this new relationship with food and body. And I do have a different experience too. Like I, I can see it. I can see the physical results, but that's really hard for people because again, it's like, well, just give me the meal plan. Tell me what to eat. You know, just give me whatever. And it's like, no one wants to do the deep belief work. Like you said, it's day in, day out. It's as long as it takes, it's repetition until you shift those beliefs. Like that's where the magic happens, but it's not quick. It's not overnight and it's not easy. So that's where a lot of people are not willing to go there. Yeah. And it always baffles me because I'm like, I see these individuals and cause I was one of them. I was absolutely one of them for years. Um, obviously with my eating disorder, I struggled with for many years and, um, yeah, I see them in the gym and they're pushing heavy weight around. And I'm thinking if you could do that, then you could take a few seconds out of your day and be mindful, listen to your thoughts, listen to how you feel, what your, what is your body telling you? And yet we'd rather go spend countless hours in the gym, trying to find this overnight success story, this magic pill when the magic pill you have 
is your mind. It is your mindset. That is where the tra real transformation occurs. Not in the gym, not lifting. You might, like you said, you might get to your ideal weight, but are you happy at that point? And you, many people still feel that hole inside. Like if I'm this weight and this is what I wanted and this is what the scale says, then why do I still feel empty? Well, because you missed out on what's really important and the scale isn't what what's important. What restrictive eating, that's not important. It's what's going on up here and how do you really feel? I mean, when the music stops playing in your headphones, when you come home and you put that gym bag down, how do you feel about yourself? And more, more times than none, they can't even answer that question because they know exactly where they screwed up. They should have been putting time into themselves first. And that's a hard reality because we're not taught that. I don't, nowhere in school was I taught that, that to focus on me first and to fight for myself and choose myself. And I feel like that's the one thing that really is, you know, that can transform anybody's whole entire life in a, in a, in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. 100%. I, I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in regards to practices, what kind of practices do you practice on a daily basis um, for self-love? Mm -hmm. So I am a big believer in a morning routine. I think it's so important to start our day with time and space for ourselves and being really intentional and, you know, really, like you said, taking care of ourselves first so that we go about our day intentionally, not just reacting and responding to whatever happens. So I used to just try to get up 15 minutes earlier. Now I would say I get up usually like an hour to two hours early and I like to do it. Like I want to do that because I savor my morning routine and, you know, I look forward to it every day. So I usually do a meditation. I love to do journaling. If I'm journaling, I'll either do a brain dump and just like let things out. If I'm feeling kind of funky or a lot of, a lot of thoughts in my head, or I like to write down my affirmations um, or write down future pacing of what I want to experience that day or in the future, I'll write it out as if it already happened and really feel those feelings, uh, you know, feel the gratitude of I have it now, um, or I'll make a gratitude list and I'll just fill a whole page with everything I'm grateful for. And again, really, really feel it and take time to be thankful for my life. Um, so those are my big ones. If I do have time, I love to read a book, um, you know, even just 10, 15 minutes of reading usually starts my day off in a really good direction as well. Um, plus plenty of lemon water and some coffee, <laughs> but yeah, I just love, I love that time to myself. Um, you know, sometimes I'll light a candle or use crystals to meditate. I love that stuff. So it's really about what makes you feel really good. And, and just noticing again, like what shifts your, your energy to get you into a really good place for the day. And then I don't do it every day, but I do love EFT tapping as well. Have you tried it? EFT no, what is that? So it is, um, they call it like acupuncture without the needles. It's mm -hmm. you literally are tapping on energy meridians in the body and there's nine of them. And at the same time, you're saying things out loud. It's, uh, you say, even though, and you focus on actually a problem or something that you have shame or a painful memory. So you say, even though I have anxiety, or even though I'm stressing out about my body or, you know, whatever it is, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And you're saying this while you're tapping on these energy meridians. So this is a technique that I was introduced to a little over three years ago. That was just so incredibly powerful. And anyone I've shared it with, you know, I'll have them actually write down like how they're feeling before and like rate the number of how much anxiety or pain or shame they might be feeling. And it's remarkable how in a matter of minutes that drops, like the cortisol in our body actually drastically is decreased. So sometimes even if I can't sleep at night, I'll do it. Or, you know, oftentimes at night I can, I'm a total overthinker. So yeah. at night, like something will pop in my brain, like what I didn't do right that day, or, you know, just something again, like being overly critical. So I use it a lot if I need to fall back asleep and just like calm my nervous system down. So that's another one of my favorite, favorite tools. I have never heard about that. Yeah, it's really that cool. That is awesome. I'm going to look into it and try it <laughs> yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, and what about these crystals? Yeah. I mean, I first just thought, 
they were beautiful. <laughs> but yeah. I also really think um, you can really feel the energy from them. And um, so my all of my windowsills in my apartment have crystals like lined up and I use different ones for different things. You know, they, they have different frequencies. Um, so I really, I like to use them and, you know, I'll usually have an intention with them too. You can, yeah. when you get a new crystal, um, I like to cleanse with like Sage or Palo Santo. So cleanse any energy that was with that crystal and then set the intention for what I want it to help me with. So, you know, rose quartz is self-love. Um, so I have one of those by my bed. I have lots of those, but, you know, using that, so different things, you know, whatever you're working on or any intention you have, I feel like it can really amplify, um, that intention. And again, it's like, I believe in whatever works for you, like go with that because we're all so different. So I love my crystals and I believe they work. <laughs> my husband's like, not, not into this stuff. So we have a funny relationship with it. He'll be like, how's your rock collection? <laughs> So, but I'm like, that's fine. They're not for you. <laughs> that is awesome. That's the first time I've heard about it. I mean, so, um, yeah, so now we, I, and I love that because I feel like when we get guests, they could share about their practices and now, you know, maybe journaling might not work for somebody, but maybe crystals will, or the tapping, um, I forgot how you abbreviated it, the EFT tapping. Um, but yeah, this, 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 this is one of my favorite parts when we're speaking, because I'm like, I get to learn new stuff too, but, um, I do Sage. I have a tendency to do, I mean, <laughs> when we first moved into our house, I went on every window, every door and kind of just cleansed the house. My mom taught me how to do it. So even now I carry like a little, um, in my fanny pack, have like a little mister of sage, <laughs> our local farmer's market. We have, um, a young lady who sells all that. And she's like totally into crystals too. She has her whole table set out and like the evil eye ring. I have one on and it's just like, I mean, part of my culture, I very much believe in it. And so, um, you know, energy is a real thing. And I feel like it's one of those things where people feel like it, it's a little bit out there sometimes, depending on who you're speaking to. Um, mm -hmm. But I really, truly, firmly believe that we're all connected, not just but through our ancestors, but, you know, through our energy and um it's because it's it's too much of a coincidence when you're might be thinking of somebody and you send them a message and then they'll message you back saying oh my gosh i'm having the worst day ever and i just received your message and it just you know it brought tears to my eyes or it filled my heart it's exactly what i needed you can't tell me that we're not connected. It's too much of a coincidence when it happens way too many times in our life. Mm -hmm. Yes, I completely agree. I think we're all connected. And I, I even think that's, you know, I talk a lot about like collective energy too. I identify as an empath, which is someone who's very, very sensitive to energy. So I will pick up on stuff with people and even just collectively when there's stuff going on in the world, you know, it can feel very heavy and very draining for people if you're sensitive to energy, which um, is more common than we think. I think they say like 20% of people are like highly sensitive people. And typically women um, are a bit more, tend to have these sensitivities more and really like this deep, deep level of empathy where we can take on other people's stuff and emotions. And so, yeah, I, I've really seen, again, if things work in my life, I'm like, I don't need to explain every last bit of it. Yeah. Or science. I think that's really limiting. I mean, I love science, but there's so much we don't know. And if we think 50 years ago, hundred years ago, how much we did not know. So it's like, there's so much we can't see. And if it's, if we're only living from this place of like what we can prove, it's, mm. I think it's really limiting. And again, you know, if something works for me and helps me and makes me feel better, I'm not going to sit there and question it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to go with it. So, um, I think it's, it's a better way to live. And I do, you know, deeply, deeply believe in these things too. And, um, you know, again, like you said, from our ancestors and our connectedness, I, I believe in all of that. So I love that our conversation is, is going in this direction. I love, I love it too. There's been multiple times actually, twice. I say multiple because I found it, it happened twice to me last year. And, you know, last year for everybody was kind of like a nightmare um, and still is, but whatever. Um, but anyway, as we get better, um, I 
came across two individuals who um, believed in crystals and felt like, and were speaking to me how they can speak to, um, you know, the spiritual world. And um, I remember I was having, I did this, it was like during a full moon and it was like this, I don't know, I forgot what they, what they called it, but you go around the fire and she was there and, you know, she told us, she guided us through a meditation and just feeling mother earth. And, um, but I remember afterwards she came up to me and she's like, thankfully I have my crystals on because she's like, I just feel this presence of this older woman. Like she's protecting you. And I remember I'm makes me emotional still, but my grandmother was my best friend and she passed away from ALS. And I never got to say goodbye to her because I had flown back to St. Louis. And then three days later, I got the phone call that she passed um, and she had begged me not to go back. And I felt like she knew her time was coming, but I had to go back because of school and softball. And, um, but twice it happened with another individual, the same, she asked me, if I knew anybody, because there's this strong woman's presence that's protecting me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, oh, it's exactly what I needed in the moment. But it just makes me realize like, there's so much more out there that we can't explain, but how beautiful it is. Because I, you know, my mom and I talk about this all the time that, you know, with herbs, you know, treating our bodies with like herbs and, you know, not just over the counter medication, but, you know, things that our ancestors used to do, obviously it worked for them. And the same thing when they believed in the afterlife and spiritual and crystals and sage. Um, so we can't sit here and say like, it's all false when they strongly believed in it. And maybe we don't have all the proof we need in regards to science because you know there's no textbook they left behind but you know there's enough evidence to show that it worked for them like why is it that it won't work for us the same thing when it all goes back to our ancestors ate food for survival they didn't have mcdonald's down the street and honestly i really truly believe they were way healthier than you know us today in this world where we have Starbucks and McDonald's out of every corner. And mm -hmm. so they didn't have emotional eating. They had eating for survival. Um, and we have an emotional attachment, but yeah, I love that we're getting into this. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I always love this kind of stuff because I'm just like, so fascinated by it. Um, and it, and it is, it is, it just reinforces to me that I'm not alone. And even though there was no closure, I guess where I get from it is that she's always with me, even on my worst days. Um, and it kind of just, you know, made me realize like, as long as we never forget, you know, if, if it's someone who passes away and that we love them truly, that they're always truly with us. Mm -hmm. Um, and energy is a large part of that reason why. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I deeply believe that. And also with what you shared with your grandmother, I would recommend there's a book, it's called signs by Laura Lynn Jackson. I can, I can send it to you after, but signs. Um, I read it just this summer and it is so beautiful. It's, you know, all these stories, but she's actually a psychic medium who's worked with thousands of people all over the world. And the stories are about people connecting with loved ones who have passed and receiving signs and really, you know, again, things that you cannot explain and you also can't deny, like it's more than coincidence. And I think all of us have probably had things happen like that in our lives too, where you're like, okay, there's no such, like, this can't be a coincidence. It's yeah. too big. It's too in our face, you know? And so, um, I would definitely recommend that because it's, it's fun. I actually asked for a sign this morning <laughs> and, um, I asked for a bunny rabbit. Cause sometimes when I walk on this path, I used to see a bunny, I think more in the spring. So I like really wanted that, but I just asked for a bunny and I went to Pilates and I didn't see the bunny on my path. So I was a little bummed out, but the instructor brought her dog in and all of a sudden I looked over and the dog was playing with a chew toy and it was a bunny. <laughs> Oh and it was like, gosh. oh my gosh, stuff like that too, about you can't, you can be specific. And she talks about this in the book, but you know, when we're, and this is with manifesting too, we can't get too attached to the how, like how it's going to happen for us. We kind of need to detach and be like, just show me this. I really, I need a sign right now. Show me this, but then just kind of letting it go. And 
it's amazing how when we do that, and, and you can do this with a loved one too that has passed, you know, just ask for something specific, maybe something meaningful that you shared. But um, yeah, I think it's really beautiful. And it's something too that I don't believe that when we die, it's like, that's it. And the people we love. And um, again, with reading this book, I'm like, if this is wrong and false, I don't want to be right. Like, <laughs> you know, this is it feels so much better believing that there's more and that, you know, we live on and those we love live on too. So. Yeah. 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 That is, I always, you know, cause when someone passes away in this life, you know, they, depending on the family or, you know, whatever we sometimes are worse, you know, we don't want to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, reinforces us that you're not as long as you don't forget or they don't forget you and just again with the signs because i always ask for a butterfly and it's so odd because butterflies aren't here in the winter and Mm -hmm. for some reason there's always either this white butterfly during the winter or during the spring there's you know what are they called the most common butterflies with orange and yes yes monarch and um yeah, it always lingers. And then my mom's like, you see butterflies in the winter? And I'm like, yeah, I was like, but it's just one. I was like, so I know it's her. And she just Aww. like, she's like, you're probably right. But it's, you know, it's, um, I, I honestly believe that there's more to this life and our, you know, our soul lives on. And sometimes, you know, other people have different, you know, um, you know, like my husband and I kind of like, that's like something where he's like, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, well, that's your opinion. This is mine. Um, mm-hmm. But it's beautiful to see when you do believe in that stuff where it's like, there's little justifications that make you, again, think, yeah, it's right. Like, this is what I believe in. And it's good for my soul. And it's feeding me happiness and positivity. So why change it? Mm-hmm. Or why look for the negative when this is the positive And there's really no reason to go trying to, you know, um, go through the science route where you can easily be like, you know, let down. So mm-hmm. totally. but more, more about your book though. Um, cause <laughs> you are going to share with us a little, please. I asked, I know I asked at the beginning, but, um, I'm so excited to read it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and even more so to share it once I do, and even do a podcast about it because I do like to share authors. Once I read it, I will speak about their book in hopes that someone reads it and um, enjoys it as much as I do or takes away. But share us, share with us a little about your book and a little bit more so the listeners can hear and also they can even pre-order it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so excited for you to get it. It's in the mail. It should be there soon. <laughs> but um, yeah, I knew... I wanted to write a book since I was six, since I was a little kid. And then I knew at the end of 2019, like, okay, the time is is coming. 2020 is going to be the year, which was so interesting because I decided to start writing April, 2020 and then everything happened. So that too was like a sign from the universe that was like, let me clear your entire plate. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That is so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And just for the space I needed emotionally, again, to go back into the headspace of, you know, these past versions of me and really relive it and and do it justice. You know, it took me going back to some dark shadowy places. So I feel like it was tremendously healing for me. And it was really a great thing that I had a lot of spaciousness and was really home a lot to just kind of be with my feelings. So it's my story. It starts when I was seven years old. That was the earliest time that I started struggling with my body image and thought I was fat. My mom told, or my doctor told my mom that I was overweight when I was seven in second grade. And that really was the moment for me that I really started believing something was wrong with me and my body. And I was not good enough if, you know, I wasn't as thin as the other girls. Um, And that started a whole couple of decades of this obsessive dieting and just constantly trying to perfect my body, thinking that it would give me happiness and and make me feel good enough. And that's what led me all the way into the fitness industry, into these extremes. And again, seeking the trophies from competitions and all this praise and validation. Looking back, I kind of feel like I needed that to see that that wasn't the answer at all. 
and to understand that I could have all of that and still not feel good enough. So that wasn't actually ever the thing. It was never about the size or how lean I could get. And so again, it took me hitting that rock bottom to really start to shift and do the work and say, okay, like I am not happy. What is going to actually start to make me feel happy and whole? And how can I actually start taking care of myself with love and eating in a way that's truly balanced, not obsessive and rigid and, you know, really being able to live my life. So, um, so yeah, it tells my, my story, my whole journey, and then kind of my journey out of diet culture and unlearning all of these things I was taught and writing my own rules and my own truths and, you know, really turning my life around and getting to a place where I feel extremely happy, healthy, blessed, and, and really in this, this place of, um, loving the life I have and, and the relationships I have and, and ultimately loving and respecting myself as well. So, yeah, <laughs> I just, I feel like when someone is vulnerable, we say this a lot, but vulnerability is strength. And when you share your story and really break it down for somebody else to read, um, it's not just vulnerable, but it's life-changing to somebody else. It just reinforces to them that they're not alone. And just because they feel a certain way or they have felt a certain way that they still have the potential to change their life around. It just really starts with themselves and, you know, taking that first step to committing to change your life for you instead of, you know, it doesn't, it shouldn't be for those around you, even though that they play a factor into it. Um, because obviously if you show up better, um, they're going to be better, but it really starts with you and focusing on your daily commitment to yourself. Um, because then everything kind of just goes like it's a domino effect and you'll see that everything else in your life, you know, maybe you run out of gas and to you, you sit there when you're in this good, clear head space and you're like, oh, that's not a big deal. I'll just call AAA or I'll call my husband or I'll call my friend. But it's like, when you're not, you're like, oh, this is the worst day ever. Oh my gosh, my life's over. I'm going to get fired you're so frantic and it's like worst case scenario when you know how amazing life really truly is when you open up those doors to the littlest thing doesn't even bother you because you you tend to find the good in your worst days um and it, it really is life-changing so yeah but. yeah and it is it's really what we train our brains to look for and also just being able to get still and calm, because like you said, when we're, when we are calm, we can see all these solutions. And when we're panicky and kind of in survival mode, we don't see solutions. We just see problems. And I know for me, when I'm in that place, I can get like totally paralyzed and I don't, I don't take any action because we just kind of freeze up. So, so yeah, that's again, where the, like you said, the daily commitment to ourselves and that inner work is, is so key and it changes everything. Yeah. So do you want to read a little portion so yeah, listeners think, can listen? Yes. And I picked this out before, before our conversation and I'm like, there's so many, so many parts that are so perfect for what we talked oh about. This really ties in. So in my coaching career, I've worked with women in their late sixties who are still berating themselves on a daily basis for their fat thighs or jiggly arms. Oh, how my heart aches when they share things like this. How much precious life goes down the drain because of thighs that are thicker than what society told you is acceptable or whatever other physical imperfections ail you the most. This trap, this sticky web of lies can hold you hostage for years, decades, and even lifetimes because the pursuit of perfection never ends. It is forever a carrot dangling in front of you that you never reach. You never reach the place where you feel perfect enough, thin enough, or pretty enough. Your dreams go on the back burner as you buy that next thigh cream or hire that trainer or start that diet your friend told you about or whatever seemingly next right thing may be in your quest to be good enough to start actually living your life. You think looking good enough will give you that permission slip you long for, the permission slip that deems you ready to go after what you really desire. But the permission slip never comes. You wake up and realize you spent your entire life chasing something unattainable and something that is meaningless and illusory as even the most physically perfect humans in the world grow old. Looks fade, that's inevitable, but we get distracted by chasing beauty and perfection for so long that we create, forget to create meaningful moments in our lives that don't fade. 
but you, and then I'm going to jump to the end of that. I say, you get to decide which rules you follow and play by and which ones you don't. You get to hit the unsubscribe button on anything that makes you feel less than worthy. You get to decide which dangling carrots you chase after. And if you get tired of chasing, please know that you can grab that carrot and take a bite out of it. Bake it into a carrot cake if you'd like. I want you to know that the power is yours, my darling. The power has always been yours. I love that. <laughs> I get so excited. I'm like so excited. <laughs> yeah. I am. I am. Uh, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for you to read it because there's a little bit of everything that we spoke about today. It's all, all sprinkled in there. Mm-hmm. You know, the more I speak to you, I'm like, oh, you just have this like presence, this energy, and it's just so full of positivity. Um, but I just feel like you're not going to only touch, you know, others with your, with your helping of like, you know, your eating, your empowered eating method, but the fact that this book comes out your words. So words like are something that, you know, we connect as humans and understand. And, you know, we come to, um, this place where it's like, you're, you're, they're reading your book and then you sharing your story. And again, to reiterate, like, you come from a background where essentially you have to look perfect. Uh, Your body has to look a certain way to take first place. You have to, you know, develop certain muscle groups and make sure that this is like this and this looks like this. Um, And to break the chains from that for many is impossible. Like they'll go their whole life, you know, having to look better than they did when they were 20, when they were 30 um, and, you know, and in the end, it's like, well, were you really fulfilled? Like, do, do you feel like how, when you take that person aside and you speak to them and I know just from reading articles and, or, you know, maybe they're not true, maybe they are, but you know, the more women that come out and share their story, it's like, this isn't happiness. You know, mm-hmm. this is this, you know, it's like you're living half a life. And mm-hmm. for you, I appreciate you sharing your story and um, changing lives and even coming on this podcast and really, you know, showing the other side, because too many times maybe we're afraid of showing the other side of what it looks like, um, because, you know, attaining perfection, you don't want to show like there's this dark backstory that no one knows about, and it's secretive, and it's like low key. And, um, and it's scary. And then when you bring it to light, then you allow others to understand that stop your damn scrolling and understand that those people are just people too. They Mm -hmm. feel all the emotions you do. Um, and that doesn't mean that they're happier than you. Um, so you just kind of like reinforce to other people and, and women, I say people, but women in general, that they could be happy just the way they are if they work on who they are in this given moment and to appreciate their life and themselves first and then everything will follow um but really in the end to stop comparing themselves and end the comparison game because they are them that person is that person and um just to be happy in their body and themselves and to learn more about themselves um Mm -hmm. and to be one but yeah. Is there anything else you like to share with us? I feel like I could talk to you all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And everything you just said was so perfect. So beautiful. Um, and yeah, I, I think that was a beautiful finish. And I would just say, yeah, I think the key is doing the deeper work so that again, we know we're so much more than bodies. We're so much more than what we look like. And I think again, especially as women, we get these messages that that is, the most important thing to be is to be thin and pretty again, in in terms of what society deems as thin and pretty. And again, we don't have to buy that. We don't have to subscribe to that. And we are so much more than our bodies and our appearances. And yeah. And, and again, I think no matter what we do externally, if we're not, you know, really giving ourselves that love on the inside, it's never going to feel good. Like you said, it's still going to feel like this emptiness, this whole, So, um, yeah, I would just say, you know, that's, that's why I'm sharing my story because I think it's so important that we're aware of these things and, 
and know so that we have the power to choose. And again, so that our lives don't pass us by and we look back and are like, wow, I spent my entire life counting calories and feeling not good enough. It's like, no one wants that to be their story. So we get to, you know, like you said, wake up and, and decide, decide to not buy into those messages anymore and to start to really see ourselves and know that we're so much more, so much more than our, our bodies. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And one last question, and I ask this to everyone, but I'm going to add the affirmations part for you in particular, because you believe in affirmations and manifestation, but is there a quote or affirmation that you would like to listen to? I mean, with, that you would like to listen to, that you would like to share to the mm -hmm. listeners or something you might be have heavy on your heart just to tell them, uh, um, you know, to end this podcast episode. Well, I'll share one that I'm personally working with right now. And that one is, I am inherently worthy of love because I am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm working on right now. Because um, even, you know, it's interesting as I've done a lot of healing with my, my body image and, and food and all of that, I now notice sometimes in my career, I'm like, I'm not doing enough. This isn't enough. And you know what I mean? We can fall into the same trap. So just knowing that I'm so much more than what I do. And even if I do nothing, I am still inherently worthy always because I am. And that's perfect. It ties in perfect too with the episode. Um, and then where can they find you? I will have everything in the synopsis of this episode and also on my IG posts once I post it. Um, but where can they find you on all your social media outlets? Yeah, so my favorite place to hang out is definitely Instagram. And my handle is at the Justine Sloan. Also on TikTok as Justine Moore Sloan. And I have a Facebook group called the Self Love Club. That's for, for women if you want to join that. Um, otherwise, everything is on my website, which is justinesloan.com. Okay. Well, thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for taking time. Thank you for sharing your book with us. I am excited to read it. You guys know that you can already pre-order it. If not, you can wait until October 19th. But I'm telling you just from the little bit you read to us, um, it's going to inspire so many. So you guys go pick up her book today. And um, yeah, let me know. We'll let's leave her some good reviews and um let's you know make sure that this book is shared across the globe um because this is these these words and these books are what make an impact and they can potentially change lives um so thank you to you uh continue to empower women to empower others and um we just send you lots of love and positive energy and keep doing what you're doing because you're making the world a better place. And that is our mantra here on the self-love effect that to do something today that will leave the world better than you found it. So we love and appreciate you guys. And we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Let me drop you guys some discount codes. First on the list, we got first form. If you haven't already head on over to the website, we got the our self-love effect link in the synopsis. Head on over, check out their supplements, the best on the market. Quality, best quality supplements you'll find anywhere on the planet. If you guys do have questions, please let me know. I'm here to answer all your questions in regards to protein, um, their micro factor, vitamins, pre-workouts, post-workout. Let me know, I'm here for you. I want you to do, I want to see you succeed. I want you to hit your goals. So also, I, if you haven't heard, I am a coach on the First Form app. You could download the app and add me as your advisor, Desiree at selfloveeffect.com. Now, coming at you and don't wait on these because Born Primitive has their launch just around the corner for their Halloween collection. Head on over to Born Primitive and that link in the synopsis and also the link in my bio on my social media accounts gives you 10% off and the link itself, once it's a, it automatically applies that discount at checkout. So there's no actual code. The link is the code. Head on over. Also, save your hands. Stop tearing. Love your hands. They love you. 
So head on over to Wad and Done. Also give them a follow on social media at Wad and Done. Save using Treasures 10. If you love headbands and all the designs or solids, whatever you love, head on over to Maven Threads. Follow them at Maven Threads on IG and save at checkout using Self Love Effect 15. Then I felt like I was missing one, right? Because I am. Head on over to our apparel shop at www.selfloveeffect.com and get yourself some swag along with our new holiday. What is it? Halloween, I guess. Drop. Of course, it's my favorite holiday. Anyways, code self love effect. Head on over, support us, get some self love effect goodies. And you guys, I just want to thank you for all your love and support. Um, it means the world to me. So as this podcast continues, my one hope is that it changes the lives of not just one, but many, because we're doing it together. When you inspire, that person becomes inspired. So it may started with the pilot of this podcast, but it's been growing because of the lives that have been on the show and that have been vulnerable by showcasing their strength through vulnerability and sharing their story. So we're in this together. We're doing this together. And thank you for your love and support. Until next time, I'll see you guys Thursday. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.